Well, good morning, Frontline family and all those who have joined us online this morning. A warm welcome to you and your family. What a privilege and a blessing it is for us to be in the presence of the Lord. And this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Church, it is a privilege for me to bring the word to you this morning. And I'm trusting that God is going to do something in each of our hearts through his word this morning. I believe that he's wanting to shift things in the spirit. And so I ask that we would open up our hearts to receive what the spirit of God is saying to us today. Can we pray together? So Father, we want to thank you for your word that it is alive and it is active that it transforms us into the image of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, today we want to usher in your presence, the sweet, beautiful presence of your Holy Spirit. God, we are desperate for a touch from you. And so we ask, God, that you would breathe on us today. One touch from the Master changes everything. And so, Lord, we open up our hearts today to receive from you. I ask God for a shift in the spirit, that there would be a shift in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirit, in our soul. And Lord, that you would breathe on us afresh, we ask. I ask, Lord, that you would anoint my lips today, that I would only say what is on my Father's heart. And you would anoint the ears of those listening. God, would you do a work in each of us today, we pray. That your will be done, we ask, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, church, last week, Ryan shared a powerful message on take back your mind. A timely word for the church. And if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go back and to listen. As he spoke about us reprogramming our minds and living by this new program. How scripture tells us that as a man thinks, so is he. And it is important for us to filter our thoughts through scripture according to Philippians 4.8 that says, Whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is lovely, that of a good report, think on these things. He also said that we have the risk of a greater pandemic and that is the pandemic of complaining. That if we continue to speak in a negative way that we will birth a generation that has no vision for the future he went on to make a statement and he said the enemy has taken our minds and our tongue and i want to kick off from here this morning and i've titled my message take back your voice in a moment i'm going to share a dream that my daughter had about two months ago and as Ryan was preaching last week and he made the statement around take back your mind and the enemy is wanting to take that, take our mind, take our tongue or our voice. The Lord reminded me of this dream and I sensed him say to me, it's time to share the dream. And so I believe that this is a message for the church in this hour. And so I ask you to open your hearts to receive this morning. When my daughter woke up from her dream, she said to me, Mom, this was a spiritual dream. I was in the spirit realm and I believe God has a message. He's speaking through this dream. 
And so she dreamt of a young boy running with a scroll. And he was being chased by demons. And as he ran, pieces of the scroll were falling. And the demons would pick up the pieces of the scroll and they would read it and become more angry and furious and chase even harder, wanting to take a hold of the scroll. Finally, they caught up to the young boy, but they were unable to take the scroll. And so they scratched over his eyes and they removed his voice and she woke up. And so today I want to address three elements of this dream, the scroll, the eyes and the voice. There is a scroll written over the earth over the church and over our lives. God has ordained all of time. Revelation tells us that He is the Alpha and the Omega. That is the first and the last letter of the Greek alphabet, declaring to us that God is in fact in control from beginning to the end. And Satan hates the fact that you and I are part of God's grand design and plan and purpose for a time such as this. As we start to see Bible prophecy being fulfilled, we've ministered on Matthew 24 that speaks about the signs of the times. Where it is the beginning of sorrows and church when we see these things take place, we should not be surprised. Scripture has warned us of things to come. Pandemics and earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars, persecution to the church. Scripture has told us these things. And as we start to see prophecy being fulfilled, the enemy realizes that we are racing towards the end and his time is running out. Revelations chapter 5 tells us that there is a scroll with seals. And John gives an account and he's weeping, asking who is worthy to open up the scroll. And Revelation tells us that it is the lion of the tribe of Judah. No one can take the scroll. And church, this should bring a sense of comfort to us in understanding that God has not given up his authority. He has not relinquished his throne. God is in control of every detail. And we may look around at a time like this and wonder what is going on and where is God? I want to assure you today that God holds the scroll and he is completely in control. Daniel chapter 7 Verse 14 says, His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And His kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Church, you and I belong to a kingdom that will not be destroyed. Although the enemy wages war, he will not win the battle. And Revelation 5 verse 9 to 10 says, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue, people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. 
You see, church, God has a destiny for our lives. But we have a responsibility to align ourselves to His mandate and to His mission. He has made us kings and priests. We have been given the authority of kings. And He's called us to walk out a priestly mission, which in fact is a life of worship, of praise, of witness, of ministry to Him day and night, as well as ministry to others. What we need to understand is in Old Testament, whenever there was a war, it was for territory. There was a war for territory, to take back territory. And what would take place is the king would be seated at the gate of the city. And as they would war, the army would look back at where the king would be seated to make sure that he was visible and he was in his position. As long as the king was seated at the gate, they knew they were winning the war. But the minute the king was taken off of his position and removed from the gate, they knew that they had lost the war because now the enemy could gain entry into the city and conquer the entire city. But the king had to be visible and he had to be positioned at the gate. Well, if we've been called kings, church, then we are to take up our position. We need to be visible and we need to be seated at the gate of our minds, of our hearts, of our mouth, of our family, of our marriages, our businesses, our community, our city and our nation. We need to take up our position. You see, we are the delegated authority of God on the earth. And what the enemy is trying to do is cause so much fear that will cause us to draw back to become intimidated, meek, and have apathy towards what's taking place. And what we start to do is we start to question our identity and we relinquish our authority. In fact, what he's tried to do is silence our worship and in essence stop our priestly mission. As this dream happened and the scrolls pieces of the scroll were falling to the ground. I believe as the enemy starts to see fulfillment of prophecy, he realizes that it is landmarks, it is pointing and heading towards the end. And church, as we see these things start to take place, we need to look up and realize that we're running to our destination. We need to have the end in mind. God is on the throne. He holds the scroll. No one can take the scroll from him. And that needs to bring us a comfort to know that we can trust in him completely. The second element of this dream was the eyes. And although they did not take the eyes, they scratched over the eyes, causing an impaired or distorted vision. And church, I don't know how many of you can agree with me today, but many of us have had our vision damaged because of some hard blows over the last couple of months. There is a struggle to see beyond our chaos and our uncertainty, beyond the here and now. And because we cannot see beyond the here and now, we have lost hope for the future. 
As Ryan said that if we remain in the state of negativity, that we will have no vision for the future. Proverbs 29:18 says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish. There is a decay and a rotting that takes place. And truthfully, church, we have been bombarded with so much darkness and so much evil that what the enemy is trying to do is distort our vision and keep us so short-sighted that we cannot see beyond our current state. And there is a decaying of our faith, of hope, of joy, of peace, of passion, of praise, of prayer, of purpose. And I want to ask this morning, can we recognize the strategy of the enemy and become intentional about being a people of vision? We need to become deliberate and intentional about what we look at. Because what we allow in through our eyes, remember the eyes are the gateway or the door to our soul. And we need to be intentional about what we allow in because the enemy is doing his utmost to distort our vision. We need to lift our gaze beyond the here and now, beyond our current state. We need to have spiritual eyes. And church, I'm not talking about us pretending that this is not taking place, pretending that we are not in a crisis, because that would be ignorant and foolish. But it's being able to discern what is taking place in the spirit. Paul is being persecuted. He's in prison and he says this statement. He says, I cannot be disobedient to the heavenly vision. You see, he was aware that he was going through torment and chaos. But his eyes were not fixed on that. Instead, they were fixed on the cross. He lifted his gaze above what was taking place in the natural. And he said, I cannot be disobedient to my heavenly vision. He pulled the cross into the chaos. He was part of the solution. And church, you and I carry the solution. We have the answer. Hebrews 12 verse 2 in the message translation says it so beautifully. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race that we are in study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed that exhilarating finish in and with God he could put up with anything along the way the cross the shame whatever and now he is there in the place of honor right alongside God You see, church, Christ always lived with the thought of the end in mind. He had the view of eternity. 2 Corinthians 4 tells us that we should not fix our eyes on what is seen because what is seen is temporary. We are to fix our eyes on what is unseen because that is eternal. 
we need to have spiritual eyes to see what is taking place. And I want to encourage you today that we do not lose sight of where we are headed. We would look through spiritual eyes and we would lift our gaze beyond the here and now. Thirdly, in the dream was the voice. And I believe that there has been an assault on the sons and daughters and their voice in this season. The enemy is trying to silence our voice. I sense there's been a diminishing of praise and worship. And I want to remind you that worship and praise is our weapon. Psalm 8 tells us that out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, he has ordained praise to silence the enemy and the avenger. Church, in the natural, we are being forced to wear masks. And what these masks do is they muffle and restrict, inhibit and silence the voice. And I'm not saying we need to stop wearing masks, but we need to discern what is taking place in the spirit because whatever takes place in the natural is a manifestation of what is happening in the spirit. And so the enemy is trying to muffle and restrict and silence our voice, our voice of praise, our voice of worship, our testimony, our prayers, the voice of hope, of life and of salvation that you and I carry in our families and in our community. He's trying to silence this. It's very interesting that this year, 2020, on the Gregorian calendar, we know represents vision, 2020 vision. It speaks about sight and the eyes. In the Hebrew calendar, it is the year 5780. 5780 and the number 80 is a picture or a symbol of a mouth so if you align these two calendars the Gregorian calendar and the Hebrew calendar we see that it is a year of sight of vision but also a year of the mouth of declaration and of speaking and on the back end of this dream because the enemy cannot take the scroll he wants to take our vision and he wants to take our voice as we see a mouth the number 80 representing a mouth we need to understand that the mouth is used for the expression of breath it is through the mouth that breath is vocalized and so i want to remind you this morning that we have received the breath of God, the Ruach of God. Ruach is a Hebrew word for the breath of life or the spirit of life. God has given us His breath, His Ruach, in order to worship and praise, to declare, to decree, to prophesy and to speak life. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. The enemy knows that if we use our mouths to vocalize and express the breath of God, that we will do damage to his kingdom. And so he wants to stop the breath. I want to say it is time for the sons and the daughters of God to take back our voice and to speak life. Church, 
if you and I don't, then who will? Heaven and earth is waiting on us. And we need to understand that we are a people of faith. We've been saved through faith. We have received a seed, a gift, a measure of faith. And so everything we say is backed up by faith. I want to remind you the Israelites traveled through the wilderness for 40 years because of unbelief and because of complaining, murmuring. Their words kept them there. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay in this state for another 40 years. We are a people of faith and everything we say is backed by faith. So I want to remind you that if we start to speak life, if we start to speak the word of God, it is backed by our faith. But likewise, if we come into agreement with the strategy and the plan of the enemy, in fact, what we're doing is we're coming into agreement with demonic prophecy and we're backing it with our faith. And that's why scripture tells us that life and death are in the power of the tongue. We can speak life into circumstances and situations. And we need to be like David that said, keep a guard over my mouth and keep a watch over the door of my lips that the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth may be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. A couple of weeks back, church, God started to challenge me on this because we read things, we fill our minds, our eyes have become so distorted by negative news and we, we're falling into a pattern of just repeating what we're reading, repeating what we're hearing, backing it with our faith. And so God started to challenge me on this. And about two weeks ago, as I was driving to the church, God said to me, I want you to start to speak life over the doctor's room. So I drive past that doctor every time I drive to the church or I go to the shops and, and the Lord started to say, I want you to prophesy life. I want you to start to speak death into this virus. And so every time I drive past the doctor's room, I would start to say things like, God, I want to prophesy life into everyone who is sitting in that doctor's room right now. I plead the blood of Jesus over the doctor and over the staff. I declare today, God, that this virus is coming to an end, that we have hit our peak and the numbers are dropping and the curve is flattening. God, I wanna prophesy life into the south of Johannesburg, the glory zone of God. I declare, God, that life is over this place. And day after day, I would say this, and there would be days I would drive past and I would see the parking lot was packed. But I spoke contrary to what I was seeing. I was speaking according to what God had required of me and I'm backing it with my faith. And so I started to prophesy. There would be days when I drive past the doctor's room and the doctor's room looks empty and I would just start to say, God, I give you thanks. I thank you, God, that life is returning. I speak life, God, I speak life. I declare that this is coming to an end. As we drive to the church, there is actually a COVID testing station right across the road from the church. And there were days when queues would just go down true north, like hundreds of people were queued up for this test. 
And I would prophesy life over each one standing in that queue. God, I want to thank you. As I release the breath of life over the south of Johannesburg, we will live and we will not die. And so I would speak that. And actually on Friday, I drove past this testing station and there was not one person standing waiting. The only people that were waiting were those waiting to do the test. And I started to give God thanks. And I said, God, as I speak and as I declare, I back it with faith. I refuse to come into agreement with the strategy of the enemy and to back his works with my faith. I choose to speak life because scripture is full of accounts of men and women who spoke contrary to their condition. We see Paul and Silas in Acts 16, 25. They've been beaten and put in prison. And in the midnight hour, they start to pray and sing hymns unto God. What were they doing, church? They were using the breath that God had given them to give glory back to Him. They were creating an atmosphere for breakthrough in the prison. But Scripture tells us that the prisoners were listening to them. I want to say today that as the church, people are listening to what we're saying. If we are saying that we are followers of Jesus, people are listening to what we're saying. Ezekiel 37, a powerful passage of Scripture. The Lord says to Ezekiel, I want you to speak into the valley. 30, chapter 37 verse 4 says, The Lord said to Ezekiel, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And I believe that the Lord is saying to Frontline Church, Prophesy to your valley. Speak to your valley. When you look into your valley and all you see is discouragement and despair and hopelessness and destruction and disappointment, God is saying, say to your valley, hear the word of the Lord. You see, God didn't tell Ezekiel to stand and look into the valley and count how many dry bones there was. He said, speak the word of the Lord. Why? Because the word of God is alive. It is active. It is the breath of God. It is God inspired. And so church, if we want to know who God is, we need to get to know his word. If we want to speak life, we need to start to speak the life that God breathed into scripture. And we need to start to speak the word of the Lord over our valley. So I want to share a testimony close to home. About a month ago, our worship leader, Kirk, and his family got hit hard by COVID. And they've struggled through this month. But one thing I have seen is that they have continued to speak the word of God and declare his goodness. They refused to speak according to their condition and what they were facing, but they continuously spoke of God's goodness. And about a week and a half ago, I sensed the Lord as I was praying for them that the Lord said, prophesy breath back into their lungs because the enemy is wanting to silence our worship. And so I started to just prophesy life. God, I speak life, the breath of God back into their lungs. The enemy will not silence our worship. And I continue to speak this. 
because he's been called as a worshiper. And the enemy wants to take our voice and he wants to take our worship because he understands it is a weapon in the season. And about two days after this, as we Zoomed with Kirk and, his, and Renata speaking about their family, he said, you know, all I want to do is worship, but I feel like I don't have enough air in my lungs. There's just not enough oxygen. But the beauty is that he took his guitar and he started to strum his guitar. No words, but worshiping from his heart and with his instruments. I continue to say, God, I speak breath back into his lungs. The enemy will not silence our worship. And so on Thursday this week, as I spoke to Renata, she said to me, this morning Kirk sat and took out his guitar and he was able to sing and worship God. Church, we are to prophesy life and to speak breath back into our lungs. To speak into our valley and declare the word of the Lord. It is not time to be silent. In Ezekiel 37, 9, God says, Prophesy and say to the breath, breathe on the slain that they may live. And he prophesied and breath came into them and so they lived. They stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Church, I believe that when the sons and the daughters of God start to prophesy life and speak breath, the breath of God back into the valley, we will see an exceedingly great army arise. It is time to use our voice. It is time for us to speak and release the breath of God that is life. It is life, the breath of life, the spirit of life. Can we be determined to not back the demonic activity with our faith, but we choose to stand on the word of God and to speak the word of God into every situation? We are a people of faith. As we are so certain and so assured that our future is in God's hands. He holds the seal. He holds the scroll. No one can take it from Him. As we are confident in that church, can we become determined to take back our vision, to take back our minds, to take back our voice, that which the enemy is trying to steal and become deliberate in being people who have a vision fixed on Christ, lifting our gaze above our current situation and using our voice to speak and to declare life into every situation. You see, the one who holds the scroll is the one who was, who is, and who is to come. The lamb that was slain, but the lion who is approaching. And we are to open up our mouths wide with wisdom and declare the word of the Lord. Church, we have been called for such a time as this, not to look like the rest of the world, frantic and afraid, but to be a voice of hope, of life and of salvation in the deepest, darkest moments. Can we take back what the enemy has stolen? And may we use our words to speak life.
in a moment, church, we're going to take communion together. And as we do, I want to start off by us just asking God to forgive us of every idle word that was spoken. I'm guilty myself. I, God has been challenging me on, you know, what do we, we say based on what we're seeing? What are we allowing ourselves to look at? And just taking time to say, God, I want to repent for every idle word. I want to repent for not speaking life. For actually backing the enemy's agenda with my faith that we would repent this morning and then church that we would come into a covenant agreement with God that we would be a people that would speak and declare life you know when Christ went to the cross he made a covenant with us and whenever there was a covenant that was made there was a covenant meal that took place and we see that in the last supper at a covenant meal, there would always be a breaking of bread. And this would represent that everything I have, everything I own, now belongs to you. And so what Jesus did as he broke the bread, he said, everything I have, everything that you need for life and for godliness, to walk through this life and live a life of faith, I've given it to you, I've made it available to you. I've given you my name, my identity, authority. In me, you find peace, you find hope, you find joy. Everything that we need for this journey through this life is found in Jesus Christ. And as he broke the bread, he said, I make it available to you. When there was a covenant that was made, there would always be a bloody path. What would take place is they would sacrifice the animal and put blood on the, on the path. And those going into covenant would have to walk through this bloody path. The blood would represent the sealing of the covenant that I would give my life to fulfill this covenant that I've now made with you. You see, when Jesus came into covenant with us, he walked down his own bloody path. He shed his own blood and as he carried the cross to Calvary, he walked through this passage, this path of blood, his own blood. And he said, I'm making a covenant with myself that I will not go back on my word. I cannot break my covenant. And so church, we have this assurance, we have this confidence in knowing that yes, it is tough. Yes, we go through challenges. Yes, there are times we look into our valley of dry bones and we wonder how things will change. Christ says, everything you need is in me. I've made a covenant with you. And as we take this bread today, can we take it by faith, acknowledging and accepting the price that Christ paid for us. And as we take the wine, May we too step into covenant saying, God, I come into covenant today that I will speak life. I will speak your word as you have given me breath. I will use this breath to glorify and praise you and to speak and declare life over my valley. So church, let's get our communion together and let's take it together today. So Father, today we want to thank you for your son 
the sacrifice, the covenant, the price that was paid. And Lord, today we want to repent. I want to repent, God, today of using the breath that you've given me for things other than what you designed it for. God, you gave me your breath that I may worship and praise you, that I may testify of your goodness, that I may declare the word of God, that I may prophesy life. And so, Lord, I want to repent this morning. I want to repent of every idle word spoken. God, everywhere where I've backed the agenda of the enemy, I want to repent this morning. I want to renounce every word, Lord, that is not aligned to your word and to your will. I pray for your forgiveness today, God. We ask for your mercy. We ask for your mercy. God, may we be a people that speak life. And then, Lord, today we want to thank you for your broken body. As you broke bread at the Last Supper, you said everything that we need is found in you. Everything that we need is found in you. And so, God, as we take this bread today, we acknowledge that you are our all in all. Everything we need for this life, for living a life of faith, of godliness is found in Jesus Christ. And so we take and we eat today acknowledging that you are our source. We need you, Jesus. We take this by faith today. As we take the cup, we thank you for the shed blood of Jesus at the cross of Calvary. Jesus, we want to thank you that you walked through your own bloody path, making covenant with us, your sons and your daughters. We thank you that you have sealed this covenant in saying that I will not go back on my word. God, today we come into covenant with you and we ask God for your grace that we would be a people of faith, that we would be a people who speak life, that declare the goodness of God, that speak contrary to what we're seeing in the natural. We will sing of your praises. We thank you for your blood, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus over every family listening this morning. We ask your protection. We thank you that there is power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. We ask God for all those struggling at the moment with health. We prophesy life today in Jesus' name. We speak life into their bodies today. We thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes and by your shed blood, we are healed and made whole. And so, Father, we bring before you everyone struggling today with their health. We trust you, Jesus, for healing. For healing in the name of Jesus. And God, we declare today that we overcome 
by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, church. So can we today just agree together that we will be a people of faith, a people that speaks life, that we would realign our focus and our vision, that we would be heavenly minded and we would do what God has called us to do in this season and in this hour. We bless you. We miss you. We trust that you are all keeping well. We look so forward to be together again soon. We speak God's blessing over you and your household in the name of Jesus. Amen.